welcome back to the Powerlifting Podcast. I'm your host, Solana Lewis, and today I speak with a good friend of mine, Chrissy Gaines, who just competed this past weekend at the Hybrid Showdown down in, in Miami, Florida. She had a phenomenal meet back to the platform. It was her first time competing in two years, and we dive into how she got back to competing, why she got back to competing, how she felt about her competition, and we dove into some other stuff too. It's actually just a pretty cool conversation. Um, we had some good live talks in there. <laughs> I think you guys will love it, but before we dive into today's podcast got to shout out girls who powerlift apparel guys if you want to look good on and off the platform when you're training you gotta get yourself some girls to powerlift apparel they're constantly dropping brand new singlets they have t-shirts with the best sayings on them they're hilarious they're all about lifting a lot of them are puns they have really nice fitting leggings high-waisted just like we like them and honestly their quality of apparel just keeps getting better and better drop by drop they just released a new backpack for that has literally a compartment for your belts like I just love what they're doing. So check out their site with the link in my show notes to support me and to support Girls to Powerlift. And secondly, need to talk to you about 110%. Guys, I've been using their pre-workout since this company got started, which was just a couple of years ago. And they are blowing up with amazing flavors. They taste delicious. Their ingredients are awesome. The quality of their ingredients are excellence. I use this pre-workout every single day. They have pre-workout, they have pump, which is pre-workout without caffeine. They now have some awesome protein powder that I've been using daily in my protein oatmeal. It tastes freaking delicious. And they're constantly coming out with new products to support you as a lifter. So go ahead and use code SOLANA, S-O-L-A-N-A, to save yourself 10% and have probably the best pre-workout you've ever tried. All right, and without further ado, let's dive into today's podcast episode. There we go. Hey, I gotta <laughs> learn how to blur out the background so everyone starts asking about my sauna office. <laughs> you literally go into, you click like more, and then background and filters, and then blur is an option. Okay, it's not easy. I'm gonna do it next time. Though. Yeah, no, I so it's, we we use Zoom for work all the time, and that's the only reason I know because my apartment is always a mess, and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> oh, because the virtual background gets weird and like choppy, so I blur out my background. Plus, I have my Christmas tree up still, and I'm just like, no one needs this. You know what's hilarious? I was driving through my town judging everyone yesterday who still has Christmas lights up. I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm like I put mine up late so I'll give myself a pass I'm taking it down this weekend though I'm like all right I'm tired of it like it's done now we're over it like we're well in 2022 like like this is too much now oh my god but dude first of all watching you this weekend was such a blast like what I did get to see I wish I could watch the whole thing live but I was like yo like she graced the platform again it was awesome and I'm going to build into talking all about your performance but Chrissy I don't even know how you got started I know you started in 2015 but I don't know how you got started with powerlifting so 
I kind of fell into it. So I started going to the gym right after I graduated college in 2010. And I started kind of like most women do. And it was just cardio. I was like, oh, I can't lift weights. Don't want to get too big. Don't want to do that. So it was, I did like an hour on the elliptical five, six, seven days a week. And then I slowly kind of started lifting dumbbells like a little bit. And then kind of from there, I started doing machines and got a little kind of interested in what's kind of going on. And then um, in 2013, I joined a gym in Hoboken, which is where I lived and um, was dating a bodybuilder at the time. So he kind of was showing me kind of how to lift more. Um, and I got kind of interested in it. And he was sort of like, maybe you should do a show. I was like, mm, no, that's not really, that's not for me. And my best friend is an Olympic weightlifter. And she was like, well, maybe you should like try lifting like actual barbells. So I, I hired like a commercial gym trainer and he taught me how to squat bench and deadlift. And I was like, hmm, I don't suck at this. And my best friend was like, you need to get an actual coach because this is not going to really help you. Um, so I hired a coach in 2014 and then signed up for my first meet in 2015. So he knew all about the sport of powerlifting, this coach you hired. Yeah. So yeah, my first coach was a powerless. He was a, he's a strength and conditioning coach at a high school. And I kind of just found him from an internet search. He's in New Jersey and I hired him and he was my first like true powerlifting coach. And I would go there on Saturdays and like, go to the gym and actually get form advice. And, you know, he would work with me. Um, and then I did my first meet in November. Um, I will say I had never gone to a powerlifting meet. So going and going for my for, to compete and never having seen one, I was blown away and I was hooked after that. I know it's funny. I always tell my clients, like, your homework, because a lot of people come to me, they're women who never have competed. I'm like, your homework is go to a meet so you can see what it's like, so you can just see the atmosphere. You'll never understand what it's like until you go to one. It's, I was never athletic. I didn't do sports in high school. Like I was on the debate team in high school. I was very non-athletic at all. So I had never done anything competitive. So the fact that like when I went to lift, people who didn't even know me were yelling for me. That still blows my mind. It blew my mind this weekend. People who don't know me and probably will never meet me are still screaming for me to get my lift. And I'm like, you know, that feels, it's such a supportive environment and you just can't beat that, honestly. Dude, you really can. That's why I love powerlifting. Like the community aspect is so huge. It just makes it so much fun. And everyone's just like, go, like no matter who you are. Uh, especially you were, I just checked, you did RPS for your first meet ever, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So was your coach just normally doing RPS meets? Like what made him go with the RPS route? Because there's so many freaking federations. It was more like I signed up for a meet and then I like, had to find a coach because I was like, okay. I signed up for this meet and I was like, so I'm doing this meet in November. And he was like, oh, like that's RPS. I have a bunch of lifters doing it. I, um, I've always said that I think that RPS is such, especially in New Jersey, it's such a good intro to the sport because the meets are not super serious. They're not, and that's not knocking anyone, anyone who participates or strength or anything. They're just very family friendly. Um, mm -hmm. They're run very, very flexibly. Um, it's really a family environment and I think it's such a great way to kind of dip your toes into powerlifting because it's just it's not that strict it's like it's really it's the same people who always go with the same judges familiar faces and it's a really supportive environment I think that RPS at least in New Jersey I don't know about in other states it is such a good like intro to powerlifting it was my first we ever do <laughs> really and I, yes and I loved it for that reason I was like yo like 
everything is neon green. It's so cool. The lights are awesome. They're playing metal. Like there's probably a dog somewhere. Yeah. Yes. They're, they're literally all <laughs> like a dog somewhere. Right? Oh my God. But yeah. And then, so basically after that, you just kind of kept going because you had a lot of consistency all the way through until I do want to talk about what made it like a gap year or gap two years in 2019 because you were going strong 2015 16 17 18 19 and like your numbers were blowing up like every meet was better and bigger which you know a lot of people like yes you keep getting stronger but like a lot of people kind of like fall off from powerlifting after like three two or three years but you didn't right so 2019 I did a meet in December um and it was not the performance that I wanted at all and I I hit like and it happens like it, you can't always be on an upward trajectory. Sometimes you hit less. Sometimes you don't hit the numbers you want. It just happens, right? So I had a really mm. subpar meet performance, and I put my all into that that meet meet prep, and it just didn't go well. And I was kind of like, okay, like I'm gonna take a little break. So 2020 obviously was COVID. So I'm thankful I had somewhere I had somewhere to live the whole time. Um, but I kind of was. We were just sort of like going through the motions of training. And then I ended up getting hurt at kind of midway through 2020. Um, I ended up developing thoracic outlet syndrome, which if you're not familiar, it's, it's basically the thoracic outlet is from your neck into your shoulder and through your collarbone. There's a whole bunch of nerves and blood vessels that run through here. So when your pecs get tight, your shoulders get pulled forward, your collarbone gets pulled down, everything gets kind of junked up and you can get pain and numbness in the back of your arm and your fingers can go numb. And that was what I had. And because as powerlifters, we're in internal rotation a lot. And as humans, phones, typing, driving, um, and I have a desk job. So basically, I didn't know what was wrong, though. All I know is I had, like, shooting nerve pain. It felt like nerve pain across my pecs. I couldn't bench and I couldn't deadlift. And the last deadlift workout I had of 2020 was in, like, July. And I put the bar down and I couldn't, I couldn't breathe. Like, couldn't breathe. Didn't know what was wrong, but knew something was really bad. So I was chiropractor, massage, nothing was helping. And I, then I kind of, through an internet search, kind of figured out what it might be. So I saw a specialist and I did PT and I didn't deadlift or bench from like July to probably November, maybe October, November of 2020. Um, I was squatting, but I was high bar squatting. I was like, I, I didn't low bar squat until like six weeks before my meet prep, my meet anyway, just because that messes up. That kind of puts a lot of pressure on this whole area. And I was petrified. Um, but we, we figured out kind of what was wrong. Um, and I haven't had a problem since. Um, my old coach wasn't really that knowledgeable about what was going on. My current coach knows all about it. And he's kind of, we, I started working with my current coach in February of last year. And mm -hmm. he, got, he got me out of pain because it was kind of, it would flare up every once in a while. Didn't really know why. It was because my warmups weren't really the best. I was benching too frequently. I wasn't training my back enough. So that kind of all contributed to it. So my current coach figured out I have a warm-up that's very, very specific and very targeted. And I haven't had a flare-up in almost a year. Um, I don't, I haven't had any pain. I, I said, I tell him this is the, the least painful prep I've ever had, other than some kind of nagging tendonitis I always kind of get in my bicep tendon. I had an like an almost completely painful prep. Okay. So then hired my current coach in February of 2021 and we were sort of prepping for a meet in August um and practice wasn't really going well because we were so focused on keeping me out of pain I didn't build enough work capacity because I would do a lot of singles and doubles because mm -hmm. we were so concerned about my pack not flaring up 
that it just got to the point where like I was hitting walls. I couldn't just keep pulling heavier singles each week. So we scrapped the prep. And then in like August of last year, um, I signed up for the hybrid and I was like, forget it. Like, I'm going to do it. Like I, I've never done a meet of that caliber, even though I did the amateur day, I've never done a high profile meet. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I had the qualifying dots for, um, the pro day, if they had, if they would have counted two years ago, I'm not really sure, but I was like, I'm not about to get on the pro stage. My first time back in two years, like I'm good. Um, but that was kind of how we came to, that's how kind of how I came to do the meet that I did and why I took such a long break. And there was a lot of kind of life stuff that happened um, in 2020, even 2021, um, just nasty breakup. I lost a lot of family members, um, just life threw kind of a lot of stuff at me especially kind of towards the end of my prep um but I was like I will be damned I'm getting on platform like despite everything I'm getting on platform so and I did <laughs> I survived you did okay that was a lot but in like the best way because Chrissy because so if y'all don't know like Chrissy started going to my gym signature fitness how long ago three months ago I joined I want to say in like November ish yeah so I got to kind of watch you like as much as I could. Um, and I know you had ups and downs during this prep. And it was honestly phenomenal to watch you push through and like continue to train hard, have hard days, still come back to the gym, like no matter what, I'm going through this prep. And I don't know how into it you'll allow me to get, but I know one thing that happened was you ended up in a hospital kind of close to me day. Kind of like what, so, three weeks out? <laughs> so the week before Christmas, um, I started getting what I thought was, um, I had plantar fasciitis probably like five years ago. And I was like, I know what it feels like, but it hasn't really cleared up in a long time. But my feet started bothering me. And I had gone to massage um, that like the Monday, like the week before, it was like the week before Christmas, the week before, I'd gotten a massage and he was really aggressive on my feet. And I was like, okay, maybe it just aggravated an old injury. It's fine. Um, and my feet were really, really hurting, but took Advil, wore compression socks, not a big deal. So by Christmas Eve, um, my ankles were like this big, but I was like, it's not a big deal. I'll just take Advil. It's the holidays. I can't really deal with this. By Christmas, so then Christmas Eve, we had a deadlift party at Sig. Pull, I pulled a, I pulled like a, a 485 double on deadlift. I was fine, whatever, went to my dad. And then like that night I was shivering a lot and I was like, mm, you know, I don't feel great, but I'm probably, I'm in the basement sleeping. So like at my dad's house, it's just probably just cold. By Christmas day, I was okay. Took more, I was just taking tons of Advil because I was like, it's making me feel better. Um, by Christmas Eve night, for Christmas night, I could not eat dinner. I was so sick. My legs were on fire. They were huge. And I had like red, like almost like welts and it was red all up my leg. My family was like, if you do not go to the hospital, this is going to be bad, right? My best friend's a doctor and she was like, you need to go to the hospital like, or go to urgent care or get it looked at. So I went to urgent care the day after Christmas and they looked at it and they were like, go to the emergency room, like, uh-uh, go. Turns out I had cellulitis in both of my legs, which is a bacterial infection. It's not contagious, but it's under the skin. And it basically, I waited so long that another day or two I would have had sepsis. So I was in the hospital for sepsis, a blood, full-on blood infection, right? So I was in the hospital for two nights on like really, really heavy IV antibiotics. Um, that was, um, that was fun. You know, it's, it's, uh, I've never been in the hospital before, so that was interesting, but I got out of the hospital and I hit my meat, my meat squat PR the next day. So 
I'm like, maybe it was a lot of a nice deload and some rest because I don't know like what is my coach. Like, you're going to have a great, you're going to have a great squat day. It's going to be fine. And I literally hit my meat PR and I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, everyone's like, what was in those antibiotics? I'm like, I don't know. Like the magic, they killed all the inflammation in my body. Cause I literally laid in a bed for like three days and did nothing. Yo, the human body fascinates me. Like the doctors were like, that. the doctors were like, if this ever happens again, like if, if, and I'll tell everyone, like, if you have something wrong and it's hot and you don't feel well and you are shivering, and you, have, you need to go to the hospital because that's an infection and that's bad. Like the nurse was telling me, she's like, yeah, I've seen people lose their feet from this. <laughs> I was like, I need my feet. Like, <gasps> yeah. Yeah. And she's like, Advil is not a replacement. You need to come and see a doctor. And I was like, <laughs> You know, I feel like all of us powerlifters are the same thing. It's like, ah, it hurts, whatever. I'll just ignore it. If it's that bad, maybe I'll take an Advil, but I don't really take anything ever. Like, I'm not, that's, I don't do, I'm just like, I'll ice it. It's fine. Yeah, you can't really ice a bacterial infection. The no, doctor thinks can't. I got it from shaving my legs before the massage that I got, which you're really apparently not supposed to do, or when you get a pedicure. So I'm like, I literally did not shave my legs. I've shaved my legs like two or three times since I got out of the hospital. I'm terrified. And I like sanitize the razor, like after I'm just like, oh my God, I'm not, but I'm like, I don't want to be like a Yeti. So I have to like, <laughs> I'm like, so are we going to start like just waxing? Or... <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That hurts that I've, I've done that once. And it was so painful that I'm just like, maybe I'll just get laser because I'm not, it's so rare. The doctor was like, I, you know, it's really, really, really uncommon, but he's like, don't ever shave your legs again before a massage or a pedicure. He's like, they don't care. Don't do it. Like, oh. Yeah. Like in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, you know, they use a lot of oil and you're not clean their hands. I'm like, I guess you could just massage a bunch of crap into your body. I guess. <laughs> that's literally apparently what happened when you shave, it opens all your pores. And then they're yeah. just, because like staph bacteria lives on your skin and it's benign. It's like, it's harmless until there's a cut. And then like, it gets in there and that's what, and it was just, it was like, I don't wish that on anybody because every step I took felt like I had hot filters in my ankles. It was so bad. I was like, they were trying to get me to walk around the hospital and I was like, I need a wheelchair. I can't do it. It got so bad. Well, I'm so thankful you're okay. Um, <laughs> and obviously <laughs> you still had a great finish out to your prep, but I do want to ask you though. So you mentioned like, not just this, but like stuff going on, breakups, family, all this stuff. Like Chrissy, how do you like, overcome and push to like continue to train hard for me when like part of your life still sounds like it was kind of falling apart in a way like how do you do that because a lot of people don't have the mental strength to do that a lot of people would say wouldn't even blame you if you dropped out so like how did you push through so I I was kind of I going to the gym to me for me was a way to just escape kind of everything that was going on and that's towards the end of prep I was spending like four or five hours in the gym every like every training session just because I was not in my apartment I wasn't surrounded by it I wasn't thinking about it and it's not just me I have great friends my coach is amazing my family is amazing and I have people I can lean on and I can talk to who will support me and be there for me and that's I would not have completed this prep or gotten on that platform if I didn't have those people in my life it, it took a village I, I it's not me and everyone will be like oh yeah it was you it was not it was my friends it was my coach and it was my family that literally got me there because otherwise I would have gone crazy. And I just, 
I had already dropped out of a meet over the summer and I was like, I'm not doing it again. I'm going to get on that platform and don't care what happened because it's, it's, it's a triumph enough to actually step on the platform after life grew cannonball, a cannonballs at me. And I still got up and I still went because I'm just like, I'm not going to, if I give up what I never know what would have, would have happened. If I got to the meet and didn't do well, I would know why. Right. I wouldn't use it as an excuse, but I would know why. But I actually had a really good day. It was a little, like the day didn't exactly go how I wanted, but I had a really good day, all things considered. And I'm sort of like, you know what? I did that. And like, I told my coach, I was like, we did it. Like we did this, we got here. Like, I am so blessed that my coach is also one of my closest friends, but I'm just like, I'm lucky to have someone like that in my corner. And the people who came to support me, like I had, I had several people fly, um, down from Jersey to come and support me. I had friends kind of drive to see me. Like a lot of people were there to support me and that meant a lot. And I was there for them too, because of how wonderful, I'm blessed to have people like that. I have goosebumps, man. Like, (laughs) no, really, because you're right. Like it's when you're going through hard times, like if you have the friendships that you need, the family that you need, like it's, crazy how people saying no you can do this I know you're tough and we're gonna help you through it like that emotional support can change everything for you because like I said no one would have blamed you for not going but you still went and absolutely and like the support system is so much wider than I thought it was like the amount of people who sent me messages texts called me to say good luck people who watched the live stream who I don't even know that well because I posted on my Instagram, people I don't know that well were like, oh my God, I was watching you. You're amazing. And I was just like, you know what? That is awesome. Like the support is like, you can always inspire someone, right? With what you do. And like, look, I've recovered from an eating disorder. So like, that's about the hardest thing I've ever done. So I'm like, I got over that. Like everything else is kind of not as serious. I can kind of figure it out. I've kind of survived everything. So I'm, if I put my mind, like, I'm like, if I sign up for something, I'm kind of putting my mind to it in it. And I'm also the type of person now where it's like, if, if I'm having a bad day, like, I tell my friend, I talk to my friends, talk to my family, I talk to my coach, like, it's, and look, I'm not, I am definitely, my coach had, I think my coach wrote a, a post about me on my feet that I was like a hot volcano of emotions, and that's really accurate, like, I go off. If I have a bad day, I bless that man, because I, like, I've sent like 10 texts in a row and he's just like your feelings are completely valid he's like I don't necessarily agree with what you're saying but that's like your feelings are valid and then like you kind of just unpack everything and then it's better because like having someone like that when I'm like who's like completely level makes all the difference and like that's the other thing like going through a prep with a coach who actually cares was night and day for me because my last coach I don't want to say he didn't care but he wasn't hands-on and what I need, especially right now, is a very hands-on coach and someone who kind of communicates all the time. Um, and that's what I have. And um, I'm, I feel very, very fortunate to have. You know, it's insane, especially as someone who's had to switch to many coaches. And I have now have a coach I've had for like a year. I'm like, you're stuck in me till either you die, I die, someone dies, the world explodes, it's probably yes. stops. 
because when you have someone who's like literally because I'm the same way because like my coach I'm like if I send you a message can you get back to me in like in an hour because it's important if I hit you up it's important I'm not like hey the, the sky is blue how's it going right. you know? <laughs> like right. I need that support and like when you have a coach who really cares about you they're fully invested in you they have more faith in you than you do yourself because my coach has more faith in me than I do about myself it changes your life like I it's just just experiencing it for myself and then being a coach too is like you as a coach you change lives and so your coach seems like he really changed your life this year honestly uh, there's I there like that is that you hit that on the head that is exactly accurate because Mike and Mike has had so many conversations with me where he's like you don't see your potential and he was throwing numbers at me like before right before we went on right before the meet he was like I think you know I think you have the capability to squat this bench this and deadlift this and I was like I'm like okay I don't think so I'll let you okay we'll see when we get there because I had just decided I was like I'm probably gonna maybe match my meat PR it's fine I'm like bench deadlifts I'm like I'm just gonna get on the platform it's fine and like I have my coach I don't want to know what's on the bar I only know my openers I don't know anything else and he was so on point. He was so on point with the calls and with the support. He's in the background of like my squat video. Like, like he wears a tracksuit to every meet. He's like this old Russia weightlifting coach, like snacking the floor because I'm like successful in my attempt. Like he was more excited for my lifting than I was. And people were saying to me in the warm-up room, like, wow, I wish I had your coach. I'm like, I'm like, he's the best. I, you can't. They're, like, he's just, he's wonderful. And he coaches because he loves it. He's not coaching for the money. He coaches because he loves making connections with people. Okay, shout out to Michael Greeno. I got it right, right? Michael Greeno? Yes. Yep, yes. I was talking his Instagram a little bit last Greeno night. <laughs> is, Greeno is like a genius with programming. And he is just, he's such like a, he's like a calm sea when I'm like, you know, the tsunami <laughs> of this. And he's just like, okay, Chrissy, okay. Okay. And he's just completely level. And I'm like freaking out. And then I'll be fine. And I'm like, okay, I'm done. And he's like, okay, it. welcome back. Because <laughs> you know that. how it is, like, you fail a lift or, you, or something goes wrong and you, like, you get all emotional about it. I usually cry, honestly. Um, and then I'm over it and it's fine. But, yeah, having, like, having a coach who's just, like, okay. It's, like, it's, like, your feelings are valid, but, like, okay. Like, I'm, it's, we're not doing this, right? Now. Yes. Yes. I love it. Hey, you mentioned something. I don't know how comfortable you are talking about it, but you even have it on your Instagram bio that you recovered from an eating disorder. Mm -hmm. And can you talk to us about that? Because I don't know anything about it. Sure. So when I was in high school, um, I sort of convinced myself that I was overweight and I was going to go on a diet. And it seemed like a thousand calories made sense to eat um, so I ate a thousand calories every single day and I lost a ton of weight. Um, I wasn't working out or anything. I think I did Pilates in my bedroom or something. Um, and people were very, very complimentary. And then I started to get really thin. And then for me, a switch kind of flipped as my body was starving. and I became bulimic. Um, and I was bulimic from probably like when I went to college. So like 17, 18 until like 23 was really when I started like actually making an, an effort to recover. But I think in my lowest weight, I was hundred, I was under 105 pounds, about five foot nine. So wow. I was, yeah, I, um, I went to therapy. I saw a nutritionist, like nothing ever worked. Like my way of recovering is not conventional. I don't recommend it, but I was sort of at the point where I was like, 
I got myself sick. I'm going to get myself unsick as much as that's not a, like, a word. Um, I just, nothing ever worked for me as far as like therapeutic interventions. Um, and I just felt like I was going to get myself better. And like, it hasn't been easy. Don't get me wrong. Uh, don't like it, it's, it's been up and down and I've had kind of like slips in here and there and like relapses, but it's been like the past two years, like even with COVID, like I've been on track. I haven't, like, I don't have any behaviors I've fallen into. Like I don't kind of, I don't starve myself. I don't do too much cardio. I don't do any, I don't have to purge in a there in years. Um, so it's just, it's something that I, I got through. Um, but I mean, I was sick for about half my, half my life. So um, it was, it was an experience and it's, it's interesting to kind of come into powerlifting from that because it's, it's a reason like this, that's a reason I would probably never, ever do bodybuilding as much as I respect it as a sport. It's my worst nightmare, like being on stage and being judged for what I look like. Um, and the dieting, everything would send me in the wrong direction. And part of the reason I love powerlifting so much is we're just, we're valued based on what your body can do. It's not what you look like. It doesn't matter. You see people of all shapes and sizes lifting all kinds of weights. And like, it's an absolute thing, right? It's like, young bar, did you lift or did you didn't? Like there's, of course, there's politics and opinions and stuff, but like for the most part, it's absolute. And that's part of why I really fell in love with it because it's like, it allows me to fuel my body and to do things. Like I, it, it allows me, to, I like to eat, right? I love to eat, right? And so I don't feel like working out is a way to earn food. I feel like I'm fueling my body to do cool things. You know what's, so I was going to ask you, like, did powerlifting help you in this journey of, like, really loving your body more and, like, feeling yourself? Because there are so many people who I also know who, like, just their brain kind of switches when, like, you know you're eating because you want to feel yourself to perform well. And it's not like I'm eating because I want to, you know, try to burn off I'm, or now I'm trying to burn off what I ate or whatever. So it's just really cool. That, like, this sport is, in a way, kind of, like, kind of can be the opposite to bodybuilding in a way for some people i also respect bodybuilding it's also the reason i don't think i can ever go on plat get myself platform ever go on the stage i'm like yo i don't know how well i do <laughs> afterwards but like but um powerlifting really like you are judged for the ways you lift and there's a weight class for everyone and people cheer you on whether you're in the technically heavyweight weight class lightweight middleweight no one cares. You're just cheering for you. And it's just so cool how like that was a part of helping you get out of a really bad place. Without a doubt. And it's especially as and it's just for women, right? Women are always kind of told like be smaller, take up that space, don't talk as much, don't be loud. Right. Whereas now, I mean, I weigh 80 or 90 pounds more than I did at my lowest weight, right? Depending on what part of the year. And like being in a weight class based sport, it kind of sucks because like you have to weigh yourself around comp, but like I've detached, I don't place my value as a person on the number that I can see on my scale. It's just a number. It's just what I weigh today. That's all. It does. It has no reflection of my worth as a person. And it's cool to see my body change. And I mean, I started powerlifting. I was 140 pounds, 180, say, what did I, I weighed it at like 186. I walk around like 192. So like I've put a ton of weight on since I started, but that's just kind of how it happens. And as your body, you grow, you get stronger, your body, might get bigger and that's okay it, it, it's not always about and like I did in early early on like I was always I tried to cut down to 148 because I started as 165 tried to cut down to 148 and that was stupid I got to like 153 and I was like mm, not for me um and like I kind of went I went up to 181 and went was there for a few years 
kept cutting weight. I used to cut like 15, 16, 17 pounds for meats and I just got fed up with it. And then this last meet, I just didn't eat the night before the meet and didn't really like, and then I weighed in and I had the best meat ever because usually cutting weight, even with a proper refeed and an IV, tanked my bench, did not tank my bench this time. I hit almost a 30 pound bench PR. So like, oh I was like, probably not going to cut do the big weight cuts anymore. I'm just going to kind of weigh in light for 198 and you know, I'm tall. So it makes sense to kind of compete in that class. But, and, you know, and they, and they changed our weight classes. They added a few more weight classes for women because they, re, you know, thankfully federations are realizing that super heavyweight doesn't necessarily start at 198, right? Or 199. Um, you know, women are, women, especially tall women, like we just, like, because you just put weight on as you get stronger. I'm like, that's okay. Yeah. And I was going to ask you about that because I saw you posted, you were like, yo, I'm eating pizza like a week out. Like, oh my God, I get to do this. So I was going to ask you what made you not want to cut, but I know it's your first meet back in two years. So I'm guessing the goal was just like, no matter what, just go in and do the best you can do. And you just didn't really care about weight class. So coach has said to me, Mike's thing is, I said I wanted a 1200 total. We just narrowly missed that. But he was like, if you can't total 1200 at 198, you're not doing it at 181. That's completely valid. Like if you can't hit the goal at the weight you weigh right now, walking on, if you, if you cut weight, you throw an incredible variable into a prep and you can throw a wrench in it. And for me, as much as I cut tons of weight and like, I know how to hydrate, I always get an IV, I know how to eat again. It takes pounds off my bench because for me and a, a lot of, I know in a lot of women, our bench is really dependent on body weight. Like if I have a big bench day and I wake up and I'm light, I'm like, this is going to be hard. As much as I try to eat a lot the night before, if I'm light, my bench is going to get be affected. Squats, not so much. Deadlifts, not so much. Bench, absolutely. So walking in and I, like I said, I was like, I think I weighed like four pounds under what I usually do just because I didn't like eat the night before. I was, I got off the plane in Miami and I was eating like a dry Chick-fil-A salad. I don't know if you know this, but Chick-fil-A has this pathetic little garden salad and it's like this big. And I was literally eating like four pieces of lettuce and everyone like Nicole and Kevin, they had like all this Chick-fil-A and I'm like, cool. Love oh, this man. right now, but it was fine. But, um, that my meat performance just solidified that, like, we're not going to do big weight cuts. They works for some people, but for me, it's just not, it takes a lot of the fun out of competing too, because the week before, literally I was eating pizza. I was able to like, I track my macros and stuff, but sometimes a girl needs pizza and I mm -hmm. just had pizza and it was totally fine. And I still weighed in light. So just not having that stress just makes competing so much more fun. And it just, if you have a great prep and then you have a bad weight cut, you really can screw the whole prep up. And that's yeah. sort of like, and that's not your coach's fault. Yeah. It's your fault. And it's sort of like, was it really worth it? And if, if you're cutting weight to hit a record or to qualify for something, absolutely do it but like I was cutting weight just because I was like I have to be a 181 no you don't you don't you literally do not everything now especially especially for the USPA WRPF is based off of docked anyway it's yeah. like sort of weight class but like it's really off dock now so it doesn't really matter what you weigh word and with that let's dive into your performance because <laughs> you did really well and Thank i actually you. was adding up your dots i don't know i know you went in around 186 so i put in with you weighing i think 187 that you are at like a 495 dots you were just shy of a 500 dots you'll get it next time don't worry <laughs> that was that that was that was the goal was a 1200 total and a 500 dots 
the th- I weighed in like I think I was 186 like seven or nine um so I went 418 on my squat 286 on my bench and then I only hit my deadlift opener um at 485 um we took 501 as my third, but my knees were soft, which is completely valid. Like, called me on that. Um, had I had I um, gotten that, I would have had like a 501 dot. The girl who actually won best lifter beat me by two coefficient points. So I was sort of like, but I was not there to, I honestly was not there to win anything. That was not the purpose. Um, I actually had a six for six day. Um, I had a, mm-hmm. my squats were, so like my squats, all of prep have been a little questionable on depth. Um, just because my hips are usually inflamed from sitting all day at my job. Um, and then depth, depth has been really, really kind of questionable. And then being in the hospital, I actually have a lot of swelling in my ankle still. So it's really made it a challenge. So I get to the meet and like, obviously have just rested for like three or four days. And I get there and Steve Dennison, who is the president of the Fed, is judging my squats on the left side. That's my good hip though. But so I was like, that hip hits depth, right? But I'm just like, <laughs> and Greeno was like, well, I don't want to worry you, but like, Steve is judging your squats. And I was like, uh, okay. But like sank, sank all of my squats. And then I thought we went, we opened with 386 and then I took 402. And then he low, and then the third, I thought was 413. So I approached the bar like it was 413. Greeno was like, it won't feel any different. It'll be fine. It was actually 418. Um, and so like did it, got three, I got three whites, cried like was dancing around just was completely like over the moon have not hit a squat pr in like over two years i've also never hit a lifetime squat pr on the platform ever i can usually match a gym a gym best um but just blew it out of the water and it wasn't even like i mean it was it was tough but i probably he thinks i probably had like 424 430 that day so like that was pretty cool i am just not and i'm always like i suck at squatting Maybe I don't suck as much as squatting. Um, and then bench, like bench is my lift. Bench has always been like good to me. Um, we opened with 264. Um, the pauses were very unforgiving. And then I took 275 as my second. Um, I, 264 was a meet PR to open with. My previous best was 269. And then I thought my third was 281, but it was 286. And then when he told me, I cried again. Yep, that's a 27 so. pound PR. For your bench press and an 11 pound PR for your squat for me. Yeah. So it was, and then we, so we were six for six, get to deadlifts, we start warming up and I'm real like my hands were swollen. That's never happened to me before, but I had a ton of salt the night before, the day before, whole day before, like, you know, trying to, trying to fuel up. My hands are really swollen and like, I couldn't make a good fist. And obviously I have long nails. So like that kind of adds to it. So warming up, warming up, warm up, start okay. I get on the platform, pull 485 and drop it. And I was like, the whole, the whole time I'm like, I was like, my, my, my PRs are not going to count. Oh my God, what am I going to do? So Greeno's like, okay. He's like, you only get, he's like, this is your third lift. My second, he's like, because you're not going to pull it again. Right. You're going to be tired. He's like, pull it on the second. Like you're going to do it. So I'm like, okay. So like trying to like get my hands like unswollen, end up pulling it. At least I lock in a total. Then he puts 501 on the bar and I pulled it again, locked it out. Knees are soft because I hyperextended my knees unlocked. Um, which I've definitely done a few times in, in training. So I was sort of bummed, but like I wasn't bummed because I still hit a 27 pound total PR on top of that. And my doctor yeah. go up even at the higher weight class. So I'm like, Greeno took it so hard. He was like, you should won. Like I, he, he takes it so personally, but I'm just like, I just, I wanted a total. We hit huge yeah. PRs. <laughs> I wanted a total. I don't care. Like this was, 
one of the honestly the meet was so well run the live stream i went back and watched the live stream apparently um angelo and steve who were doing the announcing kept talking about like my belt my shoes um like how they were sparkly and like customized uh-huh. and, all, and like i'm and like they were saying they wanted to be on pro day next year um so i went back and watched it and the live stream was like impeccable the calls were completely valid like mm-hmm. it was really strict um because i mean they brought in the big gun judges because the next day was the pro day so we mm-hmm. were judged very strictly and i'm i'm really thankful for that like i didn't get any gimme at all there were no gifts at all and i'm just i'm really happy with that and i'm just like i don't think i'll ever hit a 30 pound pr on my bench again for a meet so i'm like okay we can kind of just chip away at bench now and like maybe work on deadlift yeah <laughs> because <laughs> deadlifts are always like Deadlifts are always really just easy to make some tall, but I've never dropped an opener. So I was just sort of like, you know, it's just like me to throw a wrench in something. I would do that. I had a great day. And then it was like, well, I gotta throw a wrench in it. <laughs> but you came but I back. I recovered and I got a total. And that was all because I was just like, if 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 I bomb out right now, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Yeah. But you did not. You did not bomb out. You got and your not, total. I'm pretty sure. I won, I, I think I, I won my, my weight class, but like, I don't think there's anybody else in my weight class. So <laughs> it doesn't matter. I got a medal. Okay. We all get medals. Um, but it was like, it was a really good experience. Like being in Miami in January is not bad at all. So that was fun I was going to say, yeah. What was it like? Like the experience was just, it was bright. Everyone's cheering. Like the atmosphere of the meet seemed amazing from what I got to see. It was electric, and a lot of the competitors from the pro day were there watching um, the amateur day. So, like, that was really cool, just mm-hmm. seeing some of the, you know, the, the, the super high-level, super elite powerlifters there um, were, you know, supporting us who were, you know, on the amateur day. Um, it was just, it was, everyone was screaming all the time for every single lift, um, even though you don't, you know, you don't really hear it when you're, like, actually lifting on the platform. Yeah. You kind of just, it's like Charlie Brown. But... <laughs> Um, it was just, it was such a cool environment. I think the meet was super well run. Everyone was saying that that meet was run really, really well. It was actually, we, it kind of was interesting because there were supposed to be 80 lifters and I was supposed to be in flight, or there were 40 on each day, I think. And I was in flight C. So I'm like, okay, I don't have to start lifting till like 10. Mm-hmm. I get an email the night before that there were like 20 something dropouts. Yep. So I'm now in flight A and I'm like, <laughs> well, that means I got to warm up at like 7.30, right? So we get like, I didn't end up warming up to like, I think like 8.15 and we started at nine. I took like five warmups and that was it. Um, I was texting Mike that night and I was like, they changed the flights. I'm going to, I'm going to bomb out. I should change my opener. Oh my God. And he was like, he was like, no. And I was like, I'm going to take a nap. He was like, yeah, go do that. Like, go lay down, go lay down. Um, But actually ended up working out because the meet was so small it was run really efficiently we were done by like 1 30 um I really prefer kind of the smaller meet just because you're done early and yeah. I think the same thing happened on the pro day um so it really that that really worked out yeah I mean I went on Garrett Fears like Instagram because he was the one who ran me and mm-hmm. I first of all I think I've seen 100 posts about how well it run so I was like good job friend like you did an excellent job but he did mention like he had like 40 dropouts a week of but yep. he said it was such a more smaller intimate experience that it ended up he kind of liked it and he might actually aim to do that for even next year's meet because it was faster well run and also just like again more intimate so I'm like you know what like I personally like smaller meets too, 
Because like you get to you get sure. it done. You get it done. Like so exactly. You're not like waiting all day. Nice. And it's it was it's also like hybrid is kind of on the smaller side, at least like mm-hmm. with the warm-up room and stuff. So it would have been challenging to have even more bodies back there. Um okay. like the way that it worked out, like there there was there was enough warm-up stuff for all of us without being too crowded. Yeah. Um, and that was really, really helpful. I've been fortunate at a lot of the meets I've done that they've had ample warm-up equipment because I've also been at meets that don't. And it just, it's like that other level of anxiety that you have to yeah. worry about because there's not enough, there's not enough warm-up stuff. And at least, especially for squats, like it's nice if you can warm up and there's girls around your height because yes. it's tough if someone like wants to work in or like warm up with me and they're like five feet tall. Yeah, it's sort of like we have to drop the whole bar down, and it's just it's just inefficient. So having enough warm up equipment, which they did, um, that was really nice. The only thing that was funny was I guess the rack that we competed on and the racks in the back were a different generation rack. So okay. my rack height was too low for my squat, so I like had a good morning my opener, and I was like, "Oh, that feels really bad. <laughs> this is how this day is gonna go." No, it's so well, but yeah, that's that's not great. But I'm sure I'll be fixed as well. Um, but dude, like, I'm just stoked that it was run so well. That like the live stream looks so good. Like even like from the commentator I got to watch, especially even pro day commentator, I'm like, yo, I love that Angela and Steve on the live stream. And like you said, like they do a good job hyping everybody up, and they were definitely cheering for you hard, especially for deadlifts. Like. <laughs> It was funny because they were like, she's having a great day. And then they freaking jinxed me as I dropped my <laughs> opener. And I was like, I was like, oh, but I just, I saw everyone's face who was there for me. And they were just like, oh, I was like, oh, I can't do this. I'm not going to bomb. No, you did not. It's all good. Did not. Uh, so the after meet festivities, when did you get back home actually? Like compared yesterday. to when you competed. Okay, yesterday. cool, cool. So, so we spent a few fun, days right? and hung out, and it was good. Yay! Because Miami is not a bad place to be, like you said, in January. So no, we and it was apparently it was unseasonably cool. So it was like seventy-five. Um, the weather was gorgeous. Um, we got to check out Ghost Gym as well. Um, because I was there with um Nicole and Kevin, and they set up a table um for one ten, and they were kind of selling stuff and training. And um, I brought um the guy who does my body work, Max. He flew down, so he had a table set up. Um, awesome. So was surrounded by a lot of friends, and it was just really cool. Lots of eating, lots of relaxing. Um, got to see friends that I haven't seen in a while, so it was. Oh man! All right, Christy, what's next? Um, I don't know. Probably maybe. So just training, fixing all of my weaknesses and all that kind of stuff. We're gonna we're gonna redo my deadlift and kind of teach me how to deadlift because I tend to fall into these bad habits of like deadlifting like terribly (laughs) which which if you look at my platform list my deadlifts were atrocious I was also tired but like my deadlift form was atrocious um so working on that um and then just kind of having a nice long off season and hopefully maybe compete at the end of the year somewhere Mm, or just do the hybrid again next year I was gonna say "Mm, showdown at the end of the year Mm. Mm, I don't know I don't know I would like to do I would like to actually like step out of my comfort zone and like do a big meet not to win money like that's not why but just to kind of step on like a higher caliber stage would be nice um because I've done USPN nationals and it just wasn't it was fun but like I'd like something a little bit like higher caliber than that even um and like I said like the money and prices I don't care about it's just like 
having competition. But yeah, like a pro meet, like you'll definitely, yeah. you're going to be in a pro meet next. Because you it's already like, could have this weekend. I know. Life, I so. just like, I think of it and I'm just like, I'm like, I don't look at myself that way. Like I look at other people and I'm like, oh my God, they're so strong. And I'm like, oh, I don't think I belong there. Like, but I mean, it. even like the, 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 you know, Steve and um, Angela were saying, like, she needs to be a pro name next year. And I was like, God, they're saying it now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then someone on the live stream was like, this is the amateur day. And they're like, that girl just ripped 485 off the ground. And I was like, <laughs> me. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> yes. Uh, you will next week. You're doing shutdown. Anyways, so- <laughs> off loud to see you. <laughs> Oh my God. But dude, thank you so much for talking to me. Do you have anyone yeah. you want to shout out? Any shout outs you want to do? Um, obviously my coach, Mike Greeno, um, and Nicole and Kevin for coming down and seeing uh, for coming down and supporting me from New Jersey, Brandon in Miami for being our show for and also supporting me and Max for keeping me, my bodywork guy for keeping me moving this entire prep because otherwise I would not have made it on that platform. Anything I show him that hurts, he fixes. Um, and then literally just anyone supported me and listened to me, laughed with me, cried with me, everything for this prep. Um, it just, it means a lot. Mm, and by the way, y'all, she means Nicole and Kevin from 110%. Shout out to them. Best pure workout on the market. Get you some. <laughs> But dude, thank you so much. I, it it was, is it is the best pre workout. See. <laughs> oh wait, you're right. I, that's a cute. They have a crop top. No, I made it. I made it. <laughs> I cut. I cut all the shirts. Nope. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> no nope. crop top. I just make them. They do, but you have to make it yourself. All right, I'm gonna make my own. I'm gonna make my own crop top now. <laughs> but dude, thank you so much for talking to me. And guys, I'll catch you next time on the Power and Lifting Podcast.